Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk, movie musings for mostly everyone. Listen as these boys attempt to unravel the clues I have so expertly hidden in this film. And remember, where there's a mystery, you can always find me, Mr. E. Chunks and a hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders. George George Takei is George Takei and Jordan Wonders. And this week I am your hunk. Oh, I'm Doge, and I didn't hunk my wife. <laughs> uh, I'm Carter, and as much as I want to finish that line, uh, I won't because. What I want from each and every one of you is a hard yes. target search of every gas station, residence, chunk house, chunk house, chunk house, chunk house, and chunk house in that area. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say something, though? I hate, yeah. I hate that I can't do a good Tommy Lee Jones impersonation because we are, t- we are Texan, right? Like I know. I, I just accidentally do Tommy Lee Jones. When I'm not I hate thinking that. about it. Technically, um, I also, technically, I was born in Georgia, so I don't have that same pressure on me for oh, Tommy Lee Jones. That's okay. That's fine. Um, I uh, also, I don't necessarily hate it, but it kind of, I feel left out as being the only chunk today. Um, mm. Let's talk about this hunkitude, though. This is a very yeah, special think, hunky duo today. Well, we this need was, to talk about the fact that you only narrowly have you're only barely also left out the hunk. It's Just very barely. close. It is so close. So Doug and I are wearing the same shirt today. Exactly the same. Like They're the wearing exact <laughs> same shirt. <laughs> we're and like those siblings that moms post on Facebook in our get along shirt. It's just a big shirt and we're <laughs> right next to each shirt. other. I was I was very close, but it's not. Is there something on your shirt? No, there's nothing. Like is there a design? It's just plain red. It's just plain red. Well, I I okay. I'm not gonna I, I climb the top of the ladder. I'm at the top of the hill. I don't want to pull the ladder up behind me. I'm willing to extend my hand down and elevate you. And we can all be the hunk today. I'm not, I'm not willing to do <sighs> no, that. No, it's not Ooh. the same, though. It's not the same shirt. It is not but the it same is, thing. It is kind of a red shirt with like a speckly cookies and cream type of texture. But it's like red velvet cookies and cream. Ooh. Yeah, I don't have 
He I don't have, have the speckles. speckles. You don't have the speckles. Yeah. No. Yeah. Jordan, but how yeah. long have you had that shirt? Um, a little over a year, prob. I've had this shirt for like five years. Does Target still make this shirt? They yeah. just crank it. This is how just a high not? demand boy. It's a good shirt. It's very soft. First very of soft. All. It's very this soft. Accidentally, this this red shirt that I'm wearing has accidentally become my travel shirt, my vacation shirt. This is so your like, boy shirt. It's my fun boy shirt. Then when I wear this shirt, I'm not working. You it's just right. I'm having down. a good time. But this is the shirt that I like accidentally end up wearing every time we travel. Like I wore Guys. this on the plane <laughs> for my honeymoon. I wear it. I wore it when we drove to Colorado last summer. Like I just accidentally wear this shirt. I'm so sorry. <clears throat> I, I hate to interrupt, but it's it. At first, I thought this was just an interesting coincidence. But did your short your shorts <laughs> did your shirts today? Did they happen to already be laid out for you? Like when you got up this morning? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Because mine was just like at the foot of the bed. I don't remember getting it and getting it out of my drawer, but I was like, yeah, sure. I'll wear that shirt today. The same thing happened for y'all? Yes. I thought Jess put mine it was on Are my you telling me that What's the, is there some significance to the color red today? Is that a threat? <laughs> is there any reason like we all are wearing red? As we all know, Mr. E is a huge fan of Star Trek. And we're wearing red shirts, so that means we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to bite it. Yeah, we're in trouble. Well, it's been fun. Now, one thing I do want to say about this shirt, and Doge, I'd be interested to hear your take on it. Before we move on from this interesting shirt conversation, I, I do, <laughs> do want to bring up this shirt. I call it, um, it's like my telltale shirt. And here's what I mean. It's so comfortable and so soft. But if I pudge out even the littlest bit, I can't Ooh, yep. wear it anymore. I've got shirts like yes. that. It's not, it's, oh, yeah. And it's not because it's too tight. It's because it clings to every love handle and every curvature of the belly. Yeah. And the moment that I pudge out, it's like nip city up in this yep. bad boy. Absolutely. I've got, uh, if I pudge out at all, it's it's the like, the like face that's going like this. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Where you got of like your belly button? Two nipple yeah. eyes and a belly button. Yep. Yeah. So this you, is a good accountability shirt where it's just like, hey, bud, you what you been eating, what you been drinking. Your <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can always tell if I'm feeling if I'm feeling like emotionally pudgy or if I'm feeling good about myself based on, based on whether. Yeah, if I'm feeling skinny, Tony, based on whether or not I'm willing to wear this shirt in public. And I am well, right now. I'm feeling good. good. So. Well, awesome. you're in private, so. I know I'm in private, but I am going to go grocery shopping later, and I'm not changing for anyone. Hey, speaking from experience. Be careful. This red shirt is a dangerous thing to wear to Target, that especially if going. you're going to wear khaki <laughs> pants or khaki shorts. Don't do that either of those. I'm going. People are going to ask funny. you questions. People are going to ask I you where the batteries the are. Answer. I know maybe the most suburban mom thing about me is how much I love Target. I have worn oh, yeah. this shirt to Target, been mistaken for an employee, and instead of correcting somebody, I helped them. Because <laughs> you know the place. Because I know. I know I know what's up at Target. Dish towels? Yeah, follow me. I feel like this, I could do a whole episode about Target and like how cool it is that I can get kitty litter and snacks and also a Blu-ray. Hey, speaking of Target, though, seems to be a Target on someone's back in this movie. Yes. And we do need to continue. I just, I have, before we continue, I have to say this. Maybe this red shirt is the Target version of the shoes from Like Mike, where when you wear it, you become Target. Anyway, let's continue. 
Okay. Um, dude, I'm so glad. For a second, I was like, oh, man, he's going to kill the momentum and go back for one more joke. He's no, going to go I back. I mean, what if, but, what oh, if no, dude, w- once you said the joke, dude, I was like, oh, I can't thank believe you. he went thank there. You. What if so nobody said that? What if no, we'd be listening to this when it comes Can out? Can you like, imagine? Gosh, we really missed it. Totally oh, missed that man. last target joke. Hey, we are going to continue our Mr. E series with the third installment, the movie known as The, the Fugitive. Fugitive. And uh, I've been looking forward to this one for a minute. So before we jump Same. in, the thing that I need so bad is Tell a synopsis. Mm-hmm. So let me just clarify. The thing you need very badly is a synopsis. No, no. The thing I need to be very bad is a synopsis. Oh, oh, okay. No, yes. Well, our friend, our friend John Weeks, which is whose email is jtweeks1 at, and then his email John provider. Weeks. Uh, Don't kill did, his puppy. He did. <laughs> he, he uses only water guns. Yes. Uh, he did send us a synopsis. John Weeks. I can't. <laughs> John. <laughs> The, the I'm, thinking, I'm thinking John Weeks is back and he writes noted surgeon Richard Kimball is wrongfully accused tried and convicted for the brutal murder of his wife a failed escape attempt by other prisoners gives Kimball his opportunity to escape execution the only option and purpose he has left is to discover who really murdered his wife and clear his name on his trail is persistent U.S. Marshal Samuel Gerard who slowly comes to believe that the original case might not be as clear-cut as was first believed. Mm Mm-hmm. Great job, Slowly believes as was first believed. Very good. (laughs) Okay. Here's the thing. I think, and I'm going to get spicy, okay? I mean, let's... Okay. Okay. I think this is potentially... A top three Harrison Ford role. Ooh, okay. What are your other two? This is where I might get a little spicy. The president in Air Force One? <laughs> okay. The Go president ahead. in Air Force the, One again. The old this. guy in Age of Adeline. So I think, I think for me, and this is probably slightly colored by my recent feelings towards different things that he has done in his career. But I do think... His top three for me are probably this Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford. Or sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he played Han, himself. Han, Han Solo. But yeah. I, there are days when I could pretty easily edge out Han Solo for Deckard. Mm. I think that's, that's the spicy part. F- fairly uncontroversial for a top three. Yeah, I think as it stands, it is. I think having... Han Solo be the one easily edged out is probably a little spicier, but it's just how I feel. In terms of his performance in the role, Han Solo is most iconic, least good, I think, from him. I think so, too. Yeah, he was so fresh at the time. And so so over Star Wars by the time we got to episode Mm -hmm. six. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ready to move on and be Richard Kimball. Richard Kimball is, uh, I think I think Harrison Ford can be underrated in this movie, even though it's all about him. Um, totally. But yeah, Richard Kimball, this movie, Chelsea and I have been recently going through 90s and late 80s uh, action thrillers. Cool. So you're having your own sort of day afternoon. 
Yeah, this was the first one. She hadn't seen The Fugitive. And so I was like, this is the first one that we'll do. And we did that earlier in the pandemic uh, and gave it a little rewatch, which is totally fine. Yeah, it's great. Did we did we mess up by not including this in Saturday afternoon? Like this feels like such a dad movie that. So n- I'm going to say no. And it's too good to be in. Uh, too yeah. good. Okay. It is. It is. And it's it's too good in a way. So like the Saturday afternoon. Movies, Again, we had Die Hard, though. So. Yeah. And I believe right. that Die Hard is a perfect movie. But this I don't think is there's a not, thing wrong with Die Hard. To me, this is not an action movie. This is a mystery thriller with action set pieces. Okay. That's tough to say. I said it pretty easily. I know. I feel like it's tough to believe. You could you just say you just say things. You throw your words around. They mean something. It's hard no, I, to believe that for me. I would put all my weight behind it because I don't I don't think I don't think this has the same elements. I mean, look at Lethal Weapon, look at First Blood, look at Die Hard, these things that are based Oh, I'm not around, trying to get it. Yeah, I'm not trying to get it into Saturday afternoon. Right. I'm just saying though I would call those action movies and I would call this a thriller with action set pieces. Yeah, I am just it an weapon, action, action crime drama. Okay. Would Lethal Weapon not be a mystery? I, I I mean, I think it is. I think it would be an action and a mystery. Yeah. I mean, as as interesting as it is for me to sit here and externally process going back through and recategorizing our movies, we should probably just talk about the one that this episode's about, huh? And I do want to do that. And I want to start with, we're going to jump around a lot here, methinks. Jump, and jump, jump. I have realized something about myself watching this. I am a total and complete sucker for I, I don't know what word to use, like what what to call it necessarily, but any movie that involves like a hasty haircut, <laughs> shave, dye your hair, throw on a hat and a coat, and like change your identity. Like it's the second time we get this in our Mr. E series. Back to back, actually. Yeah. Amy Dunn and, and now Richard Kimball. I just love it. I think there's something so exciting about like the 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 stakes of having to choose like what is going to make me the least recognizable to people yeah well it's know. funny in that scene though i'm having a hard time because i have to be in fugitive world right i've got to be in chicago in in this situation and this is richard kimball it's not harrison ford because right. uh this only makes him more recognizable <laughs> exactly <laughs> in real life right. to like shave his beard uh and dye his hair black <laughs> Which is like, go be a little more extreme. I guess you don't want to be like green haired because then you're easily picked out in a crowd. But right. Yeah. It's just like a a person's imagining of Han Solo or something. Exactly. His hair is darker than that, right? (laughs) But yeah, I I agree, uh, Jordan. I think anytime somebody has to go through that process and be just being on the run. Yeah. You can't help but put yourself in these situations Either in both roles, but I'm normally putting myself in in the Harrison Ford role of like, could I get away? Like, could I? Right. Would I be smart enough? You know, and one of the great things about what Harrison Ford does in this movie as Richard Kimball is uh, it's not super unbelievable. Some of the things that he comes up with. Yeah. Because I could I could see a situation easily uh, and probably has happened in other movies for me. I'm like, okay, you're trying to tell me a doctor. <laughs> is yeah. is doing this to a U.S. marshal right now? You're trying to tell me that, um, but I think that a lot of that has to do with the drive of trying to prove his own innocence, and so you can kind of start to relate to that. Of like, what extremes would you go to uh, to make sure that happens? But I forgot how relentless the pace of this is. That's yes. why it's hard. Totally. It's not why it's hard not to call it an action movie for me. 
I, I remember Chelsea looking over after the uh, the train wreck in the woods. You know the bus the bus train wreck. Jeez. And just being like, that what train, have you done? That train wreck. What have you done? Forever. <laughs> that train wrecks for so long. It does. Does Chelsea nope. normally like movies like this with big, like dad-sized, lazy boy-sized explosions? <laughs> she does. Yeah, I think she does. I think she, she gets to a certain point that she won't do it again. Like she was willing to watch The Fugitive again with me, but she was like, I'm never watching Speed again. Because <laughs> oh, Speed is good too. Speed never stops. So I... Mm, wasn't that is, the tagline for that, that movie? I was about to say, and that was the tagline <laughs> for the movie. This is a good conversation that I want to have really quick, just a little further defining our like action movie boundaries. Because So my question is, let's look at a movie like The Departed. Um, that's another movie that to me feels like once it starts, it never really slows down and it's all cat and mouse the whole time. Um, and there is some some shoots, some shooting and some chasing and things like that. So f- it, does that fall into the action category for you? Well, I think it's a drama. So what yeah, is I don't the think defining action. boundary? Because um, to me, it, I'll just I'll just lay it out. For me, The Fugitive is not based around its action enough for me to co- like. I don't think of it when I think of action movies. I think of it when I think of thrillers. Yeah, you know, it's tough. It's tough yeah. to know because sometimes it feels like action thriller is synonymous. And they like definitely put those can two be. things together. So I think Mad I would put Max, this. I would say is an action thriller. <clears throat> yeah, I think I would put this as an action movie, uh, and and maybe this is a good time. My super dump is the, with the exception of the train, is the action sequences. So like the fight, uh, the fight on board the L train is laughable to me. Like there's there's these elements where like we have the kind of action like his, set pieces. His grabbing of people, he oh is my so gosh. safe. He does get those hands it wide. Is terrible. It's yeah. like a the, wide receiver in the NFL. Like, anytime yeah. there's a punch, it looks and feels so <laughs> fake. Like like we veer into like like uh <laughs> like a A and E like unsolved mysteries reenactment territory. Totally agree. And it's just Isn't rough. Her- so that's my super dump is those action set pieces. I think if they were better yeah. and it was like uh like a little bit more visceral and the intensity of those sequences match the intensity of our plot. I think I'd have an easier time saying this is definitively an action movie or not. Sure. I, I, just, I would dump on so, those as well. So bad to me. Yeah. They're my super dump. And up on the roof, the like, it's just like, ugh, punch, to the stumble, elevator. punch, stumble, Gosh. punch, stumble over Harrison and over Ford again. is so good. He does this in Indiana Jones a lot. He's so good at getting the absolute trash beat out of him. He does that like right. stumble backwards all the time. Dude, he's very good at being exhausted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, there's a certain, uh, for as like a list as you can get as Harrison Ford is, there's sure. a certain awkwardness about Harrison Ford. Yep. Yeah. The way he runs, uh, the way he just walks, like he, he is such an interesting guy. Dude, and I Harrison think that- Ford runs by throwing <clears throat> his torso forward and trying not to fall over. <laughs> yeah, trying to make his that's legs honestly keep up. what it feels like. <laughs> so my super dump is in the same uh, little avenue as yours, uh, Doge. And it is what I call the, uh, the Rickon. Um, he, so the train is behind him. It's a specific scene. Turn. I, I hate this in movies. Yeah. Prometheus, which I think is a great underrated movie. Underrated. Charlize does the same thing. Does the same thing. Yeah. Just go to the side. You know, I remember yelling at that episode of Game of Thrones. Like, Rickon, dude, just zigzag. Zigzag. (laughs) I mean, you're making this so easy. 
just yeah. zigzag a little bit. There was a, but I think yeah. it was an onion article the day after that episode came out. I think it was the onion that said, uh, world record set for most people saying the word serpentine out loud at the same yeah. time. <laughs> exactly. So it was like, and again, it makes for a, a, a better scene to have the train derailing over you, over this sure. ravine. Like, okay, that's awesome. But no, just turn. <laughs> just realistically turn. Run just three turn. feet to your right and you're fine. It's not final destination. It's not going to follow you. Like it's, <laughs> I think you'll be okay. But I, but I, in my, in the moment, don't you think if, if that was happening to you that you would turn, right? Uh, I think so. I think I would. Gosh, Maybe I don't know Maybe panic what it is. just takes over. I don't know. That's but just I, one of my least favorite things about. I mean, he's in, he's in fight or flight. And as we all know, flight is only straight. So maybe that maybe that's why. That's true. You can only fly straight. You that's can't true. fly I have heard in a that. turn. I have heard yeah. that. That's true. And you know, I think, yeah, that was my super dumb. I think I've seen enough movies that I would know to turn. Like I think I've seen enough movies that I've been frustrated <laughs> by. If I was in that like sequence, turn. I'd be like, I can't be like Prometheus. I've got to go to the side. Well, yeah, right. gotta go to the it's side. the same thing as like if you're in a big mansion and there's a bump upstairs and you're with like eight people and they're like, hey, let's split up and check this out. I feel like I would be the person that would be like, sorry, real quick, watch enough movies. No, let's go together. We're staying together. Yeah. In fact, let's go together to the driveway outside. <laughs> yeah. And let's wait get out of here. <laughs> How about we get out of here? And I think that's the, we have the benefit of watching enough movies to know that. And yeah. The Fugitive is one of yeah. them. So thank you, Harrison, for providing Carter's super dump by not turning even one degree in any direction. No, thank you for that. <laughs> just just uh your torso momentum took you into the ravine. Now the the bus the bus like hijack scene is intense. That's yes. actually done that's great practical stuff. I yeah. think that's done really well. You do get a dummy uh, for the so driver bad. that gets shot. Yep. That is really bad. <laughs> and and that it, dummy comes back on the dam the, when we jump d- off the, the dam. The dummy on the dam oh, is so funny. Dude, <laughs> let's, hold up, let's hold off for just a couple <laughs> just minutes on talking about the dam dive. Throw this crash test hey, dummy. Hey, hold on. Let's just wait just a second. We'll get there. <laughs> you jump and it's like... <sighs> Nobody ever listens to me. Listeners at this home... This is why you need to just use real people. This is... <laughs> just... <laughs> Just take an intern, make him get you some coffee, some get Einstein just, Bros bagels, and then be like, here's the up. next thing we need you to do. Make the intern I need to get you some coffee bagels. and a chocolate donut with some of those little sprinkles on it. And Gosh, then and then it. listen, I'm sorry, Jason. I know that you wanted to work in Hollywood your whole life. Here's how you get there. We gotta throw you off this dam. <laughs> Fine. Deal. Deal. Um, yeah, the crash test dummy in the driver's seat when the bus is kind of launched towards the tree is like yeah. laughable. Like out I don't think laughable. we needed a shot. We didn't need a shot of the driver, nope. right? Nope. In uh. my mind, I'm like, don't do it. Because everything else looks great. And the, I mean, the whole breakout the flipping of the bus is pretty believable. I mean, for- But a, that's what I'm talking about. Like, even in that, which is a great action sequence done really well, we cannot resist the Unsolved Mysteries urge to be like, and the driver never made it out alive. Right. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But like everything with, I mean, he gets shot in the back of the head. We know he's gone. <laughs> yeah, we don't need proof. Like, hey, just so you know, he's still out. By the way, um, but like, <laughs> he didn't get better. How scary <laughs> that all is with like that shotgun just waving around, and then we also get one of my first favorite moments. One of the first great moments of um, Richard Kimball. Like he is unable to resist his desire to help people, and I think that's so. Yeah. 
interesting in this character who, because there's something innately selfish about being on the run. When you're a character on the run, you have to look out for yourself. For yourself. Yep. And yet he keeps putting himself in additional danger because it's like this compulsory need. Is that Hippocratic Oath, people. baby? Right. And it's so good because it shows us he's not a, like, it is so believable that he would be a thorn in the side of a pharmaceutical company because he is yeah. a goody two-shoes to a T in the best Lawful way. Good. Like yeah. Richard Kimball is all about like, I got to get out of here, but dude, I'm not leaving this this guard to die. I got to get out of here, but I am not leaving this kid to die. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. And it, it, there is something about his character in this and being so good in the middle of so much chaos that I think is like super extra endearing. Yeah. Very yeah. much. Jordan, you talked about at the beginning that like, this is, you think Richard Kimball is one of your top three favorite Harrison yeah. Ford characters. I, I think this is a number one for me in terms of his acting. Yeah. I think yes. this is some yeah. of the best acting, if not the best that Harrison Ford has ever done. And to find out that a lot of it was improvisational. Yeah. For some reason, this director just was kind of like, let's just give it a shot. Like the interview that he's having with the cops at the very beginning of the movie, he has no idea the questions that are going to be asked of him. And wow. maybe it's maybe it's that his face lends itself to being distraught, right? But yeah. like Harrison Ford... I think does such a good job. Like he doesn't feel like the guy who stumbled upon the Han Solo read, you know, right. or like, or, and also because of that momentum gets to be Indiana Jones and then all these other things that happen to him. It's, I love that. I love that when he kind of gets to, or, or any actor gets to kind of uh, go against the trope. Like we're getting, we're yeah. getting that from Robert Pattinson, especially yeah. this year yeah. and yeah. with the lighthouse and things like that. It's like, Oh, he's in this teen drama vampire movie but it's actually no this guy is is kind of an actor but well yeah this is i think harrison ford's best performance but he's still not my super pump i wonder if he accidentally got pigeonholed though because han solo and indiana jones are very similar in terms of oh i think he did i absolutely think he did and it's all because Tom Selleck couldn't get out of his TV contract to be <laughs> yeah, Indiana right. Jones. Genuinely, oh gosh, like I think unreal. Harrison Ford is stuck in that. Like he plays this kind of smug, Renegade. like the yeah. rules don't apply to me character, all because of Tom Selleck. Well, and his yeah. his scene, I I think Harrison Ford, for my money, his best performance in this movie is when he is wheeling that kid to the opera yeah, and just room. being a good doctor. Yeah. Like his, asking him about sports his, and stuff like his that. His concern and like it's all over his face. I don't know. It's just um, I just think he really, really crushes that moment in particular. Um, yeah, for him, for him in 1993 to convince me that he, Harrison Ford, is Richard Kimball, that takes a lot of work. For real. That takes so much he's work. He's been his Han career, Solo thrice, Indiana Jones thrice. Sure. Yeah, Blade Runner. I mean, he's yeah. been, he is an icon. But I'm only thinking about Richard Kimball most of this movie. Oh, and that's amazing to me. That's yeah. amazing. To me. He he. I, I'll say I'll say I'll go so far as to say that I'm only thinking about Richard Kimball the entire movie. I mean, he really yeah. is so good in this movie. Um, yeah, he's. I think he's 51 at the time. And I. So we're also getting it. He's like entering a new stage of like being an older Silver Fox age, being now, the Silver dad Fox action star. Liam Neeson wants to do. So there's there's two things I want to talk about real quick. Number one is, was there a moment that it was made clear that there is a full year between the murder and his breakout? Because I didn't realize no, I it until it. like two thirds of the way through the movie. 
When they're talking to the one-armed man? Yeah. And they're like, I told these guys a year ago. And yeah. I was like, it's been a year? <laughs> I didn't realize that. So that yeah. that's number one. Uh, and number two, I'm ready now emotionally to talk about the jump off the dam. Because that's the worst thing in this movie, and it is my super dump. <laughs> He's so dead, dude. Dude, he is dead. So first Oof. of all, first of all, before we get to that, the dummy sucks. I mean, sucks. <laughs> he just, he just huck this mannequin. <laughs> I just imagine like, uh, oh no, yes. like Mister Bill, <laughs> dude, you know, or something like it that. Is, it is, it is <laughs> totally like an SNL skit or something with like yes. a dummy being thrown against the wall. Like it is. Yep bad but then on top of that let's even enter the logic of the movie he's dead super if you if you i feel like a rule should be unless it's something bad happening we talked a little bit about this last week unless it's something bad happening if you're filming a movie and you have to film a follow-up scene to something you filmed where somebody's like do you know how one in a million chance chance yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know man just come up with something I feel like I could have even bought it if he had found a way to like water slide down it. I still would have been like, that's wild. That would have been very early 90s. That would have been extreme with no E. Well, I don't mean mean like water slide. I just mean like if he had been able to be in contact with the dam the whole way down. Yeah. No water ski down it. Barefoot water ski down the dam. We talk about the ridiculousness of this. It's not Harrison Ford's first time to be like, huh? When he jumps off of something. I can't help but think of in Temple of Doom, yeah. the raft scene yeah, in exactly. this situation to where they're basically <laughs> now, this is like Appa, like they were just like, up, up, and like this raft just starts taking them like wherever they want to go. <laughs> they're flying oh on the raft. Oh my goodness gracious. Jeez. Like just ridiculous. And so it's almost as ridiculous as that. Dude, it, it, it feels, is. It feels bad. Well, Because you're also not- like, hey man, you're, you're hitting the wall, right? Like yeah. you see that dummy yes. and you're like, you're getting crushed against the waterfall, water wall, and then falling <laughs> What is that? 30 stories? It's like a that's, concrete geez. dam that slopes out. <laughs> like he would have to he would have to jump like like a hundred feet out to not just smack into concrete below and then also not drown in the torrential downpour of water into the flowing river like he's dead Jeez, it is the yeah. worst the flip thing is a bad this- call too though right like i wonder if they threw the dummy off first like, they did not mean for it to flip crap it we can't we can't accident. we can't keep it from flipping harrison do you mind doing a front flip into a cannonball off of this dam oh no oh it <laughs> reminds me of i mean we didn't give it a pass even in the rise of skywalker when they're like the holdo maneuver has a one in a million chance of working we were able to recognize hey that that breaks my belief in this movie. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it's the same thing here. Yep. And it feels like it feels like when a chance that big is taken in a movie, it has to come with a con. Like if it works, it has to be like it worked, but at what cost? It worked, know? but he broke his legs. Right. Yeah. Right. Like like okay, he made it, but he can't run anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's just crawling the rest, the rest of, the time. of the movie. Oh no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but even even jokes aside it, it i do think it's bad to just let kimball's character get away with that big leap and nothing changes about him yeah like yeah after- even if he even if he washes up on the shore and pukes up like a gallon of water i'm a little yeah. more okay with that than him just being like well that's a big jump 
Yeah. If he washed up on shore and puked up a gallon of water and then stood up and immediately fell because below the knee, his right leg is gone because it's just <laughs> shattered somewhere on a sure, dam, sure. then I yep. think that would be more believable. But yeah. What, something if, as what ridiculous if he threw up that? water and a goldfish came out too? And it oh, dude, that would be so yeah. funny, that man. That would be hilarious. I think something as ridiculous as this, though, like it has to be a really, really good movie for it to be somewhat forgivable. Like that sure. doesn't ruin sure. that doesn't ruin the movie for anybody. Not even close, yeah. You know, <laughs> so, but you just get to have that moment though. Like The Fugitive was one of those movies that I very vividly remember. Uh, my dad, I, it was almost like he was waiting until I was like twelve or something. <laughs> Dude, same same thing. And, here. It, and it was yep. like on TNT or something. And he was like, Carter. Have you seen The Fugitive? <laughs> and I was like, no. He was like, oh, Dad, I'm 12. You have. And so you've like, shown me every movie I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, right. Exactly. So like, but we sit down together and yeah, it feels like one of those moments that you'll have like generate like with your kids and then you get to just be like, you get to laugh with them at the damn scene, right? Like, yeah. I know, I know. And then you don't have enough time before it gets too intense again. Right. But oh man, a lot of nostalgia with this one. Well, and Very much. So. Something else I want to I want to spend just a second talking about is Julianne Moore. And so she I, I read the trivia for this one. She, I think it was a good call. I think so, too. Big time. She was supposed to be a much larger role and a secondary love interest for Richard Kimball. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Scenes filmed she was on in everything. A, yeah. She was on some of the covers, like in a lot of the trailers and stuff, too. And she was she was um, cut because ultimately they decided Richard Kimball does not need. No, because that would no. be bad. I think they avoided a bad move. It would be bad for the movie and for him. That's incriminating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. She kills it, though. She does. Hey, she's fantastic. In the in the five to seven minutes that we get a Julianne Moore. She's also you know, she's, somebody I typically always like. Yeah, same. I love almost everything that she does. Yep. She's very, very good. Uh, she's in the Confirmed for the Dear Evan Hansen movie. Oh. Oh. The mom? She's Evan's mom. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's gonna gracious. be nuts. Isn't that great? Yep. 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 Yeah, she's fantastic. And she again, like you said, she really is great here. But it's so it's so funny to me. I can't think of another example like this where it's like a top build person is in it for so little on accident. Like not by <laughs> yeah. design. Um oh my goodness gracious. I'm looking at the cast. For Amy you, Adams you is answer? Zoe's mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Of course they had to do Ben Platt. I was like, I'm you not watching to. it if it's not Ben Platt. You okay, have sorry. to. Can't get enough of those 30 year olds in high school. Hey, he's our age. That's, that's his role. That's Dude, basically we're what close he does to 30 right now. Oh, don't say that. I would I round like us up that. to 30. Nope. I don't nope. want to, but I would round nope. us up to 30. Are you just, you're just talking to Jordan right now. I'm talking about the special shirt boys, Carter. <laughs> These are, shirts for, these are shirts for guys in their 20s. Sorry. Hey man, this is a Target shirt conversation only. I'm so out of the loop on fashion. That's why I have the wrong red shirt. It's because I'm almost 32 you're years old. You're not that out of the loop. You're close, clearly. It's just you're not quite there. <laughs> That's true. It's like, if, it's like if a dad cut holes in the knees of his boot cut jeans. It's like, you're close. Some of yeah. this is right. <laughs> and uh, speaking of dads, if there's one thing they love, it's watching TV on cable. And what's on cable but ads. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this necessarily, but it is time for shout announcements. Okay, welcome to shout announcements, the part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. There is a fifth member of this Zoom call that just joined and there is no name and the camera is off. Um, brrr, can we boot him? 
Adam? Where's Adam? It's Adam's literally not here right it now. It says <gasps> Adam, can you boot the fifth? It says it says it says the fifth person is the admin now. We can't boot the admin. Oh no. Do you uh, I can't the amount of power that someone holds in being the Zoom admin? I feel like my life is in danger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he just he just changed my name to Booty Boy. Oh, oh no! Why did That's he do so that? Nasty. Why did he do that? <laughs> he just changed my name to the hot and funny one that people want to be. That why would he do that? Why would he do that? Carter's name hasn't changed. <laughs> Mine hasn't changed at all. He must really like. Oh, he's dead. Carter's dead. <laughs> Well, since Carter's dead, I guess I'll go ahead and kick off shout announcements with uh, the first announcement that I assume Mr. E wants me to give because uh, the information for it did come through my air vent about 30 seconds ago. And it does say (laughs) the following. Hey, listen, I know you like this podcast because you're listening to it. And if you like us, then you probably want to help us. And let me tell you the best possible way that you could do that. Rate and review us, please. We are uh, shooting for 250. It's our second milestone on the way to a million. And the best One million. way that, that, uh, that a voice help as if from beyond that. the grave. And <laughs> One million. Here's the thing. It will take you less time to rate and review us than it will to listen to shout announcements. Just shout announcements oh, yeah. alone. Jump on. Do that. Say some nice stuff. Say some mean stuff. Please don't do the second one. Also, while your phone's out, what you're going to do is you're going to go head over to your social media app of choice, just preferably not Facebook. We don't really mess with that so much, but Instagram specifically or Twitter, follow us on that app. We are putting out information, updates, stuff about the movie business, stuff about uh, our podcast specifically. Doja's beautiful art is all up and down that mess. It is beautiful and fantastic and definitely mm-hmm. worth a follow. Please hop in and do that. If you're popping over to our Instagram, you may notice some... Uh, I would describe these posts as a nexus of dark and nefarious energy. Mysterious. And of course, of course, we know that can only come from Mr. E. Mr. E is dropping a couple of clues uh, for you to solve mm-hmm. on our Instagram. There's going to be four of them for the duration of this series. And what you're going to want to do is not answer them in the comments. And don't send us the answer in a DM. Uh, Collect those answers. Keep them in a note on your phone. Uh, When the last clue goes live, send us the answers to those. uh, I guess they're more of riddles, huh? We've been calling them clues. They're more of just trivia questions about our podcast. Clues Clues. are clues. That sounds like a clue to me. If you get all four of them correct, we're going to Put your name. I think the way we phrased it on Instagram is we're going to put your name on our special list. And then when we (laughs) record our Knives Out episode during this part of the show, uh, Mr. E is going to reveal to us the answers to the clues and the person whose name we pulled from the special list. And if that is you, then congratulations. You will win a merch item of your choosing. Very nice. A lot of choices there, especially you can make a safe choice, a literally safe choice. And get a mask if you want. That's true. You can do a little face mask. That's true. Um, uh, to check out what we've got in terms of our merch offerings, head over to twochunksandahunk.com and click the merch tab at the top of our website. You can also click uh, the link in our Instagram bio to be directed to our storefront. Um, got a lot of designs on there that I really, really love. I'm super excited to have that for people to purchase. Yeah, they're great. Um, 
this shout announcements, this current shout announcements we're in is a very special place. It is the the exact halfway mark of our Mr. E series. Mm, yes. Uh, I think we were having a conversation last week about how in a series that we love, especially, it kind of feels like a hug to be in the middle. You know, like we've we've got this wonderful past stuff to have nostalgia for the first two episodes, and then we've got still enough to uh, anticipate. And what we're anticipating right now, what we're going to have coming out next week is Zodiac. Whew. So we'll have Man. another David Fincher movie uh, with some of our most favorites uh, are in this one. And it's it's worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Uh, oh, it and is then we so also worth have, a watch. Uh, coming out this week in a couple of days, uh, we have our Patreon episode. Yes. Also worth a watch. And, no. And it's Scoob. We're going to be talking about Scoob. Uh, there's that, an, ex- there's an exclamation point at the end of that title. Sorry. We're talking about Scoob. Yeah. There you go. Uh, and I think that's going to be, I really do think it's going to be a fun conversation. We do have too. done the hard work for you. We are the meat shields for <laughs> yes. the, the scoob watching the experience. We've done this for you. detritus and bullets that is watching the yeah. movie scoob. Yep. Yep. And so uh, if you're not a Patreon <laughs> member, do believe us when we say, I think now's the time. Yeah. I think you need to go ahead and jump over because not only will you get Scoob, you'll get everything that we've done before that. Some goodies and some baddies, right? Like there's- <laughs> I'd say. Uh, the Hamil- We've got some Hamilton on there. We also have some cars <laughs> on there. <laughs> we've got a lot of hey, stuff. Parasite. Parasite. That's got to be on- a Parasite review is- Our Parasite episode only. is on there for Best Picture. Yeah, That's yeah, got to be so- like $100. How do I get all that great stuff? Oh, that's $3 only. That's not enough. $3. That's not enough. Yeah. I feel bad so, taking all of that for only $3. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not much at all. But uh stay tuned. There is there is plenty of content and there continue there will continue to be. How many weeks off have we taken before? How many weeks has there not been an episode on Two Chunks and a Hunk since it started? Like four? <laughs> one? No, 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 like one or two, I think. Really? Yeah. I don't think there were any. Oh, we've like at the beginning of the year or into the year. Sometimes we've taken the Christmas first break. week of January off. Yeah. Yeah, we've done a total, like if you count many Mondays, it's 200, we're closing in on 300 episodes or something. Too many. That's, that is wild. All that to say, we're not stopping. We have no intention of stopping this. So being a Patreon member is an investment. We're like a, a uh, dummy flung off a dam. We're just going to keep going and going and going and going. That's exactly what we might do a little flip <laughs> and maybe kiss our toes. Speaking of keeping going, <laughs> let's be done with this part. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We are back, and Carter has something that he would like to force upon us. I would like to force something upon you, and it's coming from me now. I want to do something that Doge has helped us name and calling it Extremely Extra. Uh, When we have the time and the situation, whereas in some movies there are extras, there are people that are fortunate enough. Honestly, these people are in the roles that we would want to be in. Like we'd love to just jump in and be an extra to be able to say I was an extra in the fugitive 
or in anything like that. But big in some bigger movies like this, you're going to have tons of them. Fugitive is full of them. So it inspired me uh, because I often, there's sometimes people that stand out <laughs> as just being bad. Like you can tell like, <laughs> hey, you you got on this and they missed it, man. Or they didn't want to do that cut again, nope. uh, but they missed yep. it. And these extremely extra extras are the ones that are awful. And so what I want us to do when applicable is find the worst extra Oof. in the movies that we're talking about and share that. Can I go first? You got one for Fugitive? I have I one, have one well, for Fugitive. So. Oh, oh no. When Richard Kimball is walking into the Hilton uh, at the very end, uh, we have everybody kind of like recognizing this is Richard Kimball. Oh my goodness gracious. He's all over the news and he's just choosing to like call out this guy. In front of everybody, there is one gentleman with glasses uh, who has curly hair that he's kind of beginning to lose a little bit that just seems to be standing up because everybody else is <laughs> and is is the only one not looking at Richard Kimball. <laughs> He's, I think maybe, so maybe he's like really, really into it. And it's like, I bet somebody wouldn't really understand what's going on. I'm going to play that guy. And I'm going to be like, what do you mean there's a fire in the hall? You know, like he, he's giving a reaction that does not fit at all. And maybe if we continue this bit, uh, those of us that are choosing our extra can do little screenshots and share that with Doge for our Instagram and share our extremely extra scenes. But yeah, this gentleman um, it's, it's in the communication world. It's what we call group think. He's just doing it because everybody else is, but he actually has no idea what's going Dude, on. I love no that. lines, no lines, just lost. Okay. I loved it real quick. Uh, has everybody here seen, uh, the new, the updated it chapter one? Yeah. Yeah. So in the scene where, uh, one of the kids is in the library and the librarian in the fuzzy background of the shot leans around the bookshelf and we never see her in focus, but we can see that she is just eyes wide staring at this kid. And it's mm-hmm. so unsettling. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. When Dr. Yeah. Kimball first walks into the prosthetic department and opens the door through the glass window. Every single person <laughs> in the hallway is frozen and staring directly at him. That's dream security. Dude, it's his subconscious. I totally, <laughs> it is. I totally missed that. If this was not an, an action thriller, if that's what we're classifying it as, if this was not that, that would be a scene lifted directly. <laughs> it was unsettling to watch. Uh, you can just see the really silhouettes funny. through the frosted glass of like three people just like looking into the, the closet. <laughs> Do you think they're waiting for their mark? Do you think they're like, our scene starts when he opens the door. They can't see us. Dude, I think right. maybe. Then they see a camera and they're like, oh, shoot. It oh, is. No. Oh, no. It is terrible. I mean, it is so that's bad. so funny. Um, oh, so, man. yeah, that's great. Carter, I think that's a really great bit. Something yeah. that... It was almost the guy... For, sorry. It was almost the guy for me that's telling uh, Detective Gerard where he is in the Hilton, like which way he oh. went. <laughs> Like up the elevator and stuff, but that guy honestly did a good job. I was like, that person's he's he's I think he's delivering. Sure, but yeah, I was looking for it. it. So we will be looking for those now. Now, I want to talk about something that a hunch, my gut tells me we all three have been holding off on talking about, kind of intentionally, because there's no way we accidentally made it to the back half without talking about my man, my super pump, and I'm assuming at least one other super pump. Tommy Lee Jones. It's CLJ. Yeah, He's my too. super pump. Dude, That's a super de duper pump from all of us. He is the man. 
in this movie. Let's say, I've never yeah, disliked I, Tommy Lee Jones. Same. I've never been like, he was the wrong choice for that. Yeah. Sam Gerard is one of the most enjoyable movie characters yep. to watch ever. Yep. He is perfect for this role. And he's he was quoted as saying, like, in the production process, like, as he was, he was one of the ones that was saying, let's just improv this. And as he's trying to, do, like, convince the director, he's like, it's not like this movie's going to win any awards. And then he won. <laughs> and he won. But it's, <laughs> he had the attitude of both Tommy Lee Jones and Sam Gerard in that That's moment. That's so good. Which Meta was like, hey, it's yours, dude. Yeah. This actually had seven Academy Award nominations. That's not surprising. Um, the, can we take a moment to music? talk about... Because the soundtrack also rules. It rules. The soundtrack was awesome. And so that that's the guy who has done like, uh, he did the Hunger Games oh. and one of the more recent ones. He's done Fantastic Beasts. So he's done some yeah. bigger stuff. Um, but before we keep talking about Gerard a little bit, I, I kind of got lost in the 1994 Academy Awards, which is the one that Tommy Lee Jones won Best Supporting Actor. I have always wondered, and Doge, you're our Spiel, our Spiel baby, our Spielberg. The Spielboy. Uh, Spielboy. And Spielberg. Um, I have always wondered why Jurassic Park didn't just sweep a ton of stuff. And mm -hmm. again, Jurassic Park won like four Academy sure. Awards. Um, Spielberg did this to himself. It's impressive, but he he hurt himself because that same Academy Awards had Schindler's List. Wow. I didn't realize that. Which won Best Picture. So Spielberg, who also got Best Director, like was up against himself what twice. What the heck? In a couple of categories, which like, great, awesome flex. But if he had separated, if he had For just real. said, hey, let's hold off and release Jurassic Park next year, he could have been a little bit more decorated. I that's, that's like, that's that's like I if I opened a Canes and a Chick-fil-A next door to each other. And you right. owned no, put them up, And I owned them both. Put them three blocks apart. You know I'm getting some chicken nuggets from Chick-fil-A and dipping them in cane sauce, mm. though, if mm -hmm. something like that Carter, happens. you know that was my bachelor party, right? <laughs> my bachelor party was the ultimate chicken experience. Yeah, And we got true. tenders from Cane's and sauce from Cane's, fries from Chick-fil-A and sauce from Chick-fil-A and toast from Cane's and had the most, the most perfect chickeny day. That is phenomenal. I'm so sorry that... I got us here because we are talking about our rare super de duper pump, which is <laughs> Sam Gerard. But he is the best chicken strip experience. He is, hey, he is real the perfect quick, chicken day. This podcast is my platform to just drop hot takes and cane sauce beats Chick-fil-A sauce by a mile. 11 times out oh, of 10. I 11 times I out of 10. I think canes I is agree. not good if you don't get the cane sauce. That's the chicken's true. dry and the fries are under seasoned, but the cane sauce covers a multitude <laughs> of sins. Hey. And it certainly um, Chick-fil-A sauce Lee isn't even the best sauce at Chick-fil-A. Anyway, let's continue. Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> somehow manages to act from his eyebrows down. <laughs> his eyebrows don't move. That's and his true. eyes, his eyes don't really move. Yeah. His, it's, his acting like starts at the top of his ears. Yeah. It and is what ears they are. They say he, that they he, say that if you ever find a wild Tommy Lee Jones, you can tell its age by counting the rings on his earlobes. Oh my god. Every year gracious. they grow a quarter inch. And so if you just measure <laughs> no. his earlobes, then you can tell. Oh gosh. I every um, time a bell rings, Tommy lobes get <laughs> Tommy their rings. <laughs> Tommy lobes. I don't know why he didn't just jump off the dam to chase Richard Kimball because he would just float the whole way down. Why didn't they just Tommy Lee Tommy Lee lobes? 
Sam Gerard is the most realistic detective I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I feel like he, the behind the scenes of his like sarcasm and humor, the donut line, he's like, what are you thinking about? Yeah. How about you think about getting me a chocolate donut with the little yeah, sprinkles on top? Yeah, give me a cup of coffee, like, one of them chocolate donuts with the little sprinkles you, on top. Yes. Are you kidding? He is so good. And obviously like the most famous line in this movie and one of the best improvisational line. Well, it wasn't improvisational. He kind of begged for this to happen. Um, but you could tell that there was a lot of ownership for his character in mm-hmm. this movie because Tommy Lee Jones, there's a ton of trivia about him talking to the director and saying, Hey, what if, what about this though? Like, I really feel like he would do this. And I, you got to think at a certain point when they see how much he's bought into this and how much he's embodying this role, they're like, yeah, dude, whatever you want. But the, I don't care line. I didn't murder my wife. I don't care. I don't care. Is this guy in a nutshell. Yeah. Iconic. Yeah. And so, and, and I think if we don't get, I don't care. His growth, like his story arc, isn't as Agreed. good. Yeah, because it, they bring it back. Like there's a recall to it later in the movie when Harrison Ford is like, "Hey, you remember when you said uh, what you said that you don't care?" He's like, "Well, you know, I've proven it and leaves Those the are line our last open lines so they can go find of the movie. Yeah, that's the final line of the movie. Um, no. So then I guess it happens three times. It's three beat because when because when he's on the phone with him mm. and he's at the one arm. Yeah, man's he house says, "Remember what you to, said." Yeah. Yeah, to kind of leave the breadcrumbs yeah, there. Yeah, because our, our last um, line is when he hands him, I guess it's a hand warmer or something, or like an yeah. ice pack, but he, he hands it to him. He says, I thought you didn't care. And he said, don't tell <laughs> It's anybody. drugs. It's a yeah, lot yeah, of drugs. It it's something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it only it only makes Tommy Lee Jones' character better yeah. that Harrison Ford did so well. Yeah. yeah. So I think they're, they're an amazing duo to have because they, uh, you know, Harrison Ford is what that fictional world believes to be the antagonist, but everybody else knows he's not. But Tommy Lee Jones, as we're watching, we're like antagonist. But then once he starts to turn around and solve the mystery, this this is so similar to Gone Girl to me, our detective in Gone Girl that starts to pick up on things a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But she's helpless and can't do anything about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I could go on and on. I love Tommy Lee Jones. Now, the the I, I would say for me, the best scene in the entire movie is Carter, the quote that you used at the beginning, his, you know, every, I've got it right here. Um, uh, what I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, and doghouse in the area. Like that scene cutting between uh, Kimball running through the forest and him like, Very giving out these, especially. So something that I love about him, and honestly, I'm going to include his team in a lot of what I love about him too. Oh, his team's They're amazing. They're so fun. They're hilarious. But when he comes up, and he basically is like, here's what's going to happen. They say no. And then he's like, okay, how about you go home then? We're taking over. And the lady that's on his team taps the sh- the sheriff on the shoulder and just hands him the papers. <laughs> like, hey, it's our investigation now. And he starts barking orders at everybody. I mean, that scene is this movie's peak to me. And it's not like it's a hard slope down. It stays good. But that moment yeah. of cutting between Kimball running and him barking orders at everybody and just talking fast and sarcastic and witty, it is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not done to death, right? Almost every one of his scenes has some kind of fast, sar- sarcastic, sarcastic, witty thing to be said, but you only want more of it. And that's yeah. special to me. I think there's a lot of good characters I like that kind of I get a sour taste near the end of the movie because I'm like, okay, you're a one trick. Like this is this is what you, like yeah. stop doing this over and over. But there's something about the way that that Gerard is. Let me tell you who else can bring him that, always that same heat that Tommy Lee Jones can. It's a similar heat as uh, Robert Downey Jr. The quick, the yeah. quick 
yeah. quips and like wittiness never gets old to Ryan me. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds could be somebody totally. like that too. Like his his whole thing with the uh yeah, I, I knew it was an L train. The big dog's always right. Like that whole thing is so good. Yeah. And I think you're right, Carter. It it has the potential from a uh from from the mouth of a lesser delivery system, it could be really grating and annoying to have a character yeah. like that. Yeah, there's there's also a little seasoning of J.K. Simmons in uh, yeah. in Whiplash. Uh, Whiplash in this, True. almost in this mentorship position, especially when he's talking to. It feels like he there's a that kid is his favorite. It feels yeah. like the yeah. bushy haired uh, person that he's like. He tells him he's proud of him, and you can tell there's a mentor mentee relationship there. But I mean, it's a really powerful scene when Tommy Lee Jones reaches around the corner and just shoots that guy. It's brutal, Ugh. right? That that also shows us growth, and that's tough. Like at that moment, you're like, I agree with the kid. Me personally was like, yeah, you shouldn't have just shot him. Yeah. And then he's like, well, I don't negotiate. Did he say, I don't negotiate? I don't bargain. Is that the word he says? I don't bargain. Right. And so uh, to later find out when he's chasing uh, Richard Kimball around, he's like telling people not to shoot him. So he's he's officially changed. Yeah. He is now willing to bargain with this person because his mind has been changed. Sure. But yeah, he gives us that ignorance or that that like, not ignorance, but just being so set in his ways that it feels like a big deal to change his mind. I actually really appreciate that this movie does that. I think that uh, in the same way that we talked about, it's dangerous for people to watch Gone Girl and be like, I want to be like Nick or Amy or people to watch Joker and be like, Joker was right. See, we do live in a society. I think right. that it's, we haven't exactly been responsible stewards of the kinds of police and detective stories that we tell. And we present these renegade cops as a hero, like like Lethal Weapon is a great example of like, man, these guys, like if they were real police officers, that would be awful. Yeah. And Terrible. we don't want people to watch these and be like, I want to be like those guys. But I think the fact that we show Tommy Lee Jones's growth and are able to say, no, in the beginning, when he's got this hero complex and he's hot shot sheriff coming to clean up the town as he perceives himself, that's wrong. And that's not the way people should be. Sure. Now, I mean, with yep. that said, I will say, especially especially with like recent happenings in the United States, the scene that we're talking about, I mean, a, a no-knock raid resulting in the death of like a black man is it's 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 tough to watch in or out of context and so i I think that plays into like i think anytime man you you veer into um police being an active part of your story uh particularly with movies made um you know earlier than the last 10 years and even some more recent than that i think you're going to start to veer into discomfort i think one of the things to do in a 2020 mindset is you have to be able to watch through that filter of like understanding like that is not great. You know, like I think it's easy. I think it's easy to do two things. I think it's easy to throw the entire movie in the trash because of a scene. And I think it's also easy to excuse the scene because it's in a great movie. Um, yeah. And I think, I think we, we owe it to ourselves and to the people that we share that we share this world with to be honest stewards of the media that we consume and let's right. deconstruct stuff and let's be able to hold intention. This scene in this movie is bad. The story it's telling is great. Right. This scene is pretty problematic and indicative of a worldview that doesn't honor all folks. Right. Right. Yep. And, and it is a, you know, it is a situation too where he had a gun at the partner's sure. head. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, I think what helps though a little bit, 
uh, and it's not making excuses for this movie, but there does seem to be some time dedicated to talking about was that right or wrong? Right. And yeah. we actually have uh, what the writing has directed our audience, most audience members to side not with. Exactly. Uh, the move that was made. Sure, and sure. so and I, I'm more specifically for, for, for 1993. That was, yeah, it's right. not painted as a heroic action. I, I am exactly. more specifically talking about the no knock aspect, like more than oh, anything for sure. is troubling. Yep. Um, like yep. ju- just, and again, outside of maybe the last few years, I wouldn't have even had the awareness to understand why that's troubling. Um, yeah. The cringiest moment of Sam Gerard. um, I mean, that, that is super cringy, right? The action, I'm not going to, to dilute that, sure. but, uh, afterwards when he tells this like grieving, terrified woman in bed to shut right. up, yeah, that's yeah. Brutal. like, that's like, a, Oh, like you're actually kind of a bad dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, so. which, which is why he works as the character. But yeah, I agree. It's just, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes hard. You you have to work to avoid a baby with the bathwater situation. Sure. Yeah. Um, sometimes. But hey, uh, is there anything else we desperately need to hit before we turn around and rate this bad boy? Um, Jane Lynch is in. Jane the Lynch is in the movie. <laughs> yeah, she, she so was young. also. Uh, she was also, you know, along the lines of like making some like culturally pretty good decisions in terms of like let's have a little bit of a conversation about how that was a bad move, and in the movie making process to say you know what maybe we don't need to have a love right. interest. Yeah. I think that was such was a close smart too. move because Jane Lynch was also close to being some kind of love interest there and we just decided not to and guess what it's a better great it. movie. Yeah. It's better, better that it. we it's didn't It's a better do movie that. for it. We don't have we had no we had no damsel here. Like there this was just so very much about uh Richard Kimball and Sam Gerard in this process. And so, I mean, it's worth talking a little bit about, honestly, if you do want to get a little bit more Sam Gerard, U.S. Marshals isn't awful. It's not The Fugitive, but he comes back in, in U.S. Marshals in 1998 with Wesley Snipes. That's actually a pretty fun movie. Hey, Robert Downey um, Jr. It's, it's is not, in that, actually. Yeah, it's n- it's not the same. Uh, but I do think that uh, Joe Pantoliano, oh my I can gosh, never pronounce so his name good. right now. We've got him again. He's almost the same character from Memento, yeah. isn't yes, he? Yes, very much. Joe, Joe just does He's that a all one trick place. pony, but I love the trick. Hey, right? let's all pretend Hit. we don't live in a world where I would absolutely wear that that hoodie sweater thing that he oh wears my gosh, every so day. Good. Uh, <laughs> right? Um, I think Dr. Nichols also was a well-acted sure. job. Yes. I think he does a good job of um, kind of taking us off the scent for a little bit when he seems to be defending totally. Kimball. And does give us a nice twist, right? It it becomes more than like we know from the start that Harrison Ford did not kill his wife, but we don't know why his wife got killed. Yeah. And so that's the great mystery. I love right. that. Yeah. I love finding, finding out, out it was meant for um, him. Yeah. It was meant for that him. It is a really you, good you, twist. You brought up a good point, Jordan, that that Richard Kimball is such a good guy that this the the action had to be taken against him because of how good yep. he was. We have to we have to set him up in a way. Um, so, I think maybe we should talk just very briefly about the one-armed man. Um the, so I for me the only the only bummer with his character is that um it it doesn't really feel like he does much beyond being like an inciting action and like a scary guy to run away from for a couple scenes. Yeah. That that feels pretty true to the TV show that this was based off. I thought of. the one armed man was a it much was bigger just, deal in the TV show. 
I mean, he was, but I don't think I don't think there were as many layers outside of feeling like Jason from Halloween. Sure, sometimes. Like, yeah. It's like that's I think that's what we were supposed to have here. But yeah, it was. It it does make it interesting for the doctor. Like that kind of plays into Richard Kimball being able to go to the prosthetics wing. Yeah, so good. I thought that was like I thought that was great. Yeah. So yeah. is it a wig? Is for he wearing sure. a wig when he goes to do the assassination, or did he just cut his hair in the last year? I I, I thought I've always thought a wig for some reason, but. You need to wear a mask. I think mask would have been better mask for him. Mask probably would have been well, better. I mean, he wasn't because six feet away does... from anybody when he did that bad thing. <laughs> That's true. Um, I think he just didn't expect Kimball to be there. I think he thought he could get away with it and kill oh, them both. My but... last major point that I want to make real quick is, uh, what's her name? Helen? Helen Kimball, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Helen's phone call does not sound incriminating to me. It sounds like, it sounds oh, like yeah. she's just saying her husband's name, not Richard's trying to kill Boy, me. It's short. Sure makes the CPT the CPD look like boneheads. This whole movie right. doesn't it? Chicago right. cops, sure. <laughs> <laughs> they're perfect though. The guys they have playing Chicago cops, I'm like, oh, you actually, this is this is his job, right? Like this is a, they're just these perfect pudgy looking dudes that are like, this is Chicago their life. man, is this, the Big Apple. Is, <laughs> is this y'all's favorite St. Patrick's Day movie? No. Uh, Leprechaun with Jennifer Aniston. Okay, isn't Ferris Bueller's kidding, Day no. off over St. Patrick's Day in Chicago, or is that just a different parade? I think that's just I think, a I different. Par- I think it's just a parade. Chicago loves parades. Chicago, okay, Chicago always has parades. Then yes, dude. this is my favorite St. Patrick's Day movie. I um, I'm glad you brought that up because that they chose to just film that live, like At during the their St. Patrick's Day walk in. And Harrison Ford talks about how it actually did take people a, a while to recognize him because he's trying to be undercover. But once that started happening, it was like, okay, we gotta cool. get out of here. Whatever footage yeah. we got, yeah. we're, it's, we're gonna use it's it. blown from here on out. But can you imagine like seeing that? You're from Chicago. There was probably 500 people that you get to see in that movie sure. that are uncredited yeah. that are just in that sure. parade. And you get to use that for a long time. Like, yeah, I was in. I was, in really awesome. I was accidentally in I the was, fugitive. Uh, <laughs> Was playing the drums in the band. That was my high school. You know, like that, that so man. Funny. That man playing the drums. I'm sorry, was not in high school. That was like an elderly drummer. <laughs> I mean, okay, it's sorry. Hollywood High School. Mm, Hollywood High. I'd watch that show. Hey, it is time to rate this movie using science, the same science that brings us prosthetics and medical advance advancement like Provasic. We're going to use the scientific cinema scale. It is perfect and as follows. The best thing they could say about this movie is own it, don't lend it, buy that poster. The next best thing is buy it, followed by rent it, and then stream it. Almost the worst is forget it. Lastly, and worst, God hath forsaken us. I'll go first. Okay. I will buy the poster. Okay. Yeah. I think... I think there are a lot of cat and mouse movies um, of the, the the pursuer and the the chased and the fugitive is probably the best one or one of the best ones. I think it is two iconic actors that manage to absolutely be convincing in their roles despite everything else they've done before yeah. and would honestly do after. And I think it's so good. I love The Fugitive. I think it is a classic kind of action that cannot be repeated. Mm. I don't think you're going to get That's it good. again. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to I'm going to buy this movie. It is 
absolutely wonderful. Um, if I was less of a serious boy, I would say that this movie is what Tom and Jerry thinks that it is. But it really is. <laughs> it really is just an excellent like cat and mouse movie. Carter, I think you're exactly right. I don't know that that we're going to make any more of these. Hmm. Not at, not at least in this vein. If you had asked me a week ago what I thought I would rate this movie, I would have said buy it. Uh, I am going to buy the poster though. Yeah. It. I've I've seen this movie. I don't know if it's quite double digits. I've I've watched it quite a few times. It never gets worse. Like it is yeah. always at least as good as the first time I saw it. Ooh, that's a good point. Mm, that's a good yeah. point. Like even knowing the You twist, don't have a full section that kind of yeah, that's a good it's point. It's just awesome. Um mm. this is this is a surprise poster buy. I, I would have thought it would have been a firm buy it, but man, I just I really, really love this movie. Yeah. It's just awesome. Feels like it was made at the perfect time too. This needed to be an early something 90s. about it feels so uniquely 1993. Well, and if this yeah. movie was made ten years later, it would have sucked because it would have been full of jump cuts and terrible special effects. It would have been yeah. it would have been knockoff born. Yeah, hundred percent. Just that that blue font of the credits too. Yes, I don't know. There's just something. I about love it. a movie it's that, that has about the the stones to start its credits while the movie's still playing. Like it's ending it's like, credits <laughs> while the final scene's still playing out. Yeah. Uh, it's like that weird, this movie hits that weird nostalgia of like, this is what movies looked like when I was still in single digits, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I don't know. It's just, it, it makes me feel like a, a little, uh, a little baby boy again. Little baby, little spiel well, boy. Speaking little of spiel movies baby. that make you feel, uh, little and small and potentially scared next week, we are going to be watching Zodiac. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Scoob. <laughs> No, I don't want to talk about Scoop. We're going to be watching Zodiac and talking about that next week. It's the second David Fincher movie, uh, not only of this series, but of our podcast. And uh, I I am so pumped to I guess we're making up for almost, this movie. almost three years without a Finchie. Then yeah. we're doing two right in a row or, or with Knocking one movie in between right them. Here. But make sure you tune in for that because it's going to be a toit. We'll catch up to all that stuff when we do our Fincher series called The Golden Finch. We'll have all of his best <laughs> movies. That'll come it's out called, uh, late 2021. It's called Finch Jane Connection. Finch. The Finch Connection? No, it's, it's, J- it's Jane Finch. We alternate mo- episodes of Glee Jane with... Finch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about two completely, completely different similar vibes. <laughs> Until until they collide in the middle to make something beautiful. What's in the box? <laughs> what's in the box? I'll tell you what's in the box. It's regionals. Scoob <laughs> <laughs> uh, comes out soon on Patreon. Don't just skip it. <laughs> sorry about it. Don't skip it. Don't skip it. I'm sorry we watched it. Don't skip it. That's skip a watching fun episode, it. You though. can listen to us instead. It'll be great. Hey. To end today's episode, I'd like for us each to say our names and one famous celebrity that we would put Tommy Lee Jones's ears on. <laughs> for yeah. Two Chunks in a Hunk, I, I am it. Jordan Wonders, and it is going to be Jennifer Aniston. I, in my head, I keep thinking, do your ears hang low, then you're Tommy Lee Jones to the tune. And I just, I think that's something. I don't know what so to it's do gonna with be, it, but so that's it's something. Gonna be it's going to be Chibs. You're putting your you're putting Tommy Lee Jones's ears on Chibs, who did Chain Hang Low. <laughs> I'm Doge. This is a much I'm better Doge. joke than either of you is giving it credit. 
I know. I'm Doge, and I'm going to put Tommy Lee Jones' ears on Chibs. Thank you. Whose name I did not know until this moment. Oh. I'm Carter, and I'm going to put Tommy Lee Jones' ears on Yoda. (laughs) Another famous set of ears. Are they swapping ears? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Or is it like Yoda? Care, I don't. (laughs) Is it like Yoda? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.